Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the Soccer Phil Show, hosted by Phil Zayas. This is a show that encompasses everything soccer, from grassroots to pro stadiums. Okay, so today I'm here with head coach of the University of South Florida women's soccer team, Denise Schulte-Brown. Today we are talking about leadership. Um, Denise, um, I know that leadership is something that is very big for you and part of your team culture and something you really like to instill in, in all your players. So um, welcome to the Soccer Phil Show. I'm looking forward to speaking to you uh, today about this topic. Phil, thank you so much for having me. And I have really enjoyed my journey as a coach and actually developing my relationship with you and, you know, learning from coaches like yourself along the way. It's been um, quite a journey and just uh, excited to join you today. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on as I've <laughs> been able to learn from you as well and have watched your team at USF grow for the past for, for years now and to see you guys improve every year um, has been has been really awesome. And also to see some of my girls playing for you too has been really cool. So uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show. So um, I'm going to jump right into this. So the first question I have for you is, what do you look for in a leader? So I feel like I've evolved a lot as a coach, Phil. Um, in my earlier career, I really looked for a specific type of leader. And that leader that I was looking for was someone that would be able to somewhat represent me in that chain of command. So you want somebody that can get your own message across and somewhat has a personality similar to myself so that the message was delivered in the way that I liked it being delivered. So, you, you, you know, having that peer leader that can resonate a clear message um, from their perspective to their peers is just going to help kind of the speed of efficiency for everything that you do. So in my earlier career, I really, really, really wanted that personality that was like mine, um, maybe um, aggressive and bold and very outspoken and um, even confrontational when needed, you know. But what I've started to, uh, to understand is that personalities, each personality has leadership qualities in different ways. So as I started to do more research on personalities, um, I came up with this kind of small personality test. It was short and easy and very, very fun. We've incorporated it into our team bonding. And basically they take a short, like 40 question um, questionnaire. And then in the end, it groups them into the, their four different personalities. And then we talk about the strengths of those personalities. Um, you know, what kind of, what is their quirks and what are their positives and, and how each personality can lead um, a group in a way that's very powerful and and the way we're the most powerful is when we incorporate all the personalities um, I'm a very strong personality in one area so my diversity into the other three areas um, if there was you know to group them in those four I'm very deficient in those areas so if I have a personality from each of the other areas working with me, I'm actually going to, I think, from my experience now, have um, a better effectiveness of leading a group and seeing all the angles and how to approach things. 
So with that being said, and I'm sorry about this long answer, is that um, we completely changed the way we did things. And we went away from looking for one type of leader and then trying to evolve into how can we create um, leaders out of every one of our student athletes, give them the opportunity to grow and, and, and empower them to see the best of themselves and be a leader based on what their personality um, qualities are. And we start kind of with a leadership group of the seniors in each of those personality traits. And then, you know, we work with each of the groups to, to help contribute to that. Oh, that's awesome. That was a great answer. <laughs> it's awesome. a bit, it was a bit more than you expected, wasn't it? It, 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 it was. <laughs> and I think it's awesome the way that you, um, you know, I mean, I think everyone's got to take some, responsibility of leadership and 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 i think it's great the way you try to not only develop leaders within your team but you're, you're kind of preparing them for life um you know after soccer in this in this you know in this sense because at some point these players are going to go on they're going to you know get into the workforce and they're going to be you know leaders wherever they're at so i think that's really awesome the approach that you're taking um I, and my, my my next question was actually what do you do to develop leadership within your team, which you, you kind of, you kind of explained, but um, is there, is there anything else you do, um, you know, like as the season's going on? Cause I, you, I know you mentioned grouping them into, into categories. Well, you know, we, we actually do a lot for that. It's something that I think, um, like you said, it really transcends soccer. I think it speaks volumes, whether you're a coach or a boss or a, you know, a CEO, I think you want to care about, the human being beyond the expectations of your, um, you know, arena. So if it's sport or, um, you know, salesperson or whatever, when you encompass um, trying to care about them as people, like you said, A, you're going to enrich your relationship, add depth and um, kind of solidify that you're together in whatever plight you're working towards. And then that, that, depth and that solitude of, of caring about one another is going to speed up the process of having success at what you're working at. So I really try to let the girls know that I care about them so much more than just soccer athletes. And I want them to be powerful human beings, women, when they leave the program and their personalities all offer amazing qualities that they can enhance like their relationships and their life and their their work later when they leave. So part of that process is um, we sometimes take on books. I really like all of John Gordon books. Um, obviously, I'm, I, I use my own book um, that I, I wrote. I think it's been like six years now. And um, that that's a good way to kind of bring the girls together about their core values. So we use the qualities that a, a book has and then how do we apply our personality strengths to implementing these values that we want to have for that season? So I feel like it's very less specific about the particular values. It's more about the group coming up with those values, how you enjoy coming up with them. And I use a book as a platform for that joy. And then how do you use your personality strengths to be awesome at implementing the values towards that goal that you're trying to reach so for us it's a national championship but you want to enjoy the journey without enjoying the journey is there really much point to doing it you know no 
Denise, what's the name of your book and where could um, our listeners purchase it if they would be interested? Well, Phil, it's in very high demand. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. It's on uh, World Class Soccer is a website and um, you just have to look under their books and it's called When We Replaces Me. Um, they were the, I, I haven't been able to move it onto Amazon or another site because they bought, like they have the rights to the book. So they published it, which was amazing for me. Uh, what an opportunity. Um, you know, and it's a great, it's a great soccer website anyways. So they have their archive of archive of books and it's in there and it's, it's for purchase. So, um, you know, I, I do like it as a team book. If that's an exercise that any coaches out there are looking to do. It's a fun, uh, a fun way to create your values. You can go through the values that we have outlined in the book, or you can take those values and say, well, I like this one or that one, but I think for our team, I want to implement a different value and then how you're going to go about doing that. Well, I, I love the title too. That's a great title for, for that kind of book. You know, it was one of our every year, again, part of the process of coming together as a group and, and, um, is every year we kind of come up with a hashtag for our year. So, you know, um, uh, you know, one for all, or this is our legacy or something like that. Every year the girls get to come up with it. But for that year that, um, that we started the program, uh, one of our seniors came up when we replaces me and there was just a lot of buy into the slogan. And, um, you know, we put it on our shirts. We, put it in our locker room and we hung a jersey and every time you touch the jersey when you left the locker room it was a reminder that you are playing for something bigger than yourself it shouldn't be about you know your name on the back of your jersey it's about the the USF on the front of your jersey playing for one another and we really tried to embrace that concept and then how do the leaders bring the team together so you know for you Phil you're so much like me gosh we have such a similar personality but um you know, for you, it would be that being the big voice, being able to give direction to a whole group and, you know, motivate them to be excited to play and, and that kind of stuff. But if there's another personality in your group, let's say somebody that has that quiet, creative personality, they will bring a whole other aspect that you and I would never have thought of. You know what I mean? Like a whole new way to bring the group together, like um, coming up with a song that we're all going to sing. You know what I mean? Like something that... Is completely out of my comfort zone because I have no artistic bone in my body, um, and it it makes it so much more enjoyable to reflect on these other personalities and let them have an input on how we're going to be cohesive. It's been really a joy that part of my career. I, I I've loved it. Awesome. So, um, I think th there's obviously characteristics. You know what you look for in a leader is one thing, but a captain is someone sometimes maybe you trust a little bit more or have a different type of relationship with. So I guess my next question is, what are the characteristics of a good captain? Not just a captain, but a good captain. You know, I would, for young coaches out there and and business owners and people that are trying to put together their team, because you know, you and I know, there's all kinds of different teams in life, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's the beauty of sports is it's such a reflection of so many, so many other things that we do and in, in our society, but I would just be really, really careful, um, giving a title like a captain or just somebody that's going to oversee their own peers. It's very powerful, 
and dangerous at the same time because it says a lot of things that we don't mean to say, you know? Um, it says this person is a little bit closer to the coaches than you are. It says this person is a little bit more privileged to information than you are. It says that this person has qualities that we like a little bit better than the qualities you have. So without meaning to, we're really raising up a peer and putting them above everybody else. And, and that is probably never our intention, but it's the result regardless of giving them that captain's van and that title. So when we started to do exit interviews and realized how that affected some of the other players and how that was viewed, it typically was not a positive. So we took that title away and we talked about leaders and, and it's, it's really helped, you know, when we do um, references for the girls, because we don't, we have so many captains because they're leaders, you know, <laughs> they're all leaders. But the reality is, especially in college soccer and in business, there's people that you've known longer. And so the longer, you know, somebody, the, the depth of your relationship grows. So we just talk about that with the girls and how our seniors have been with us the longest. So no, they know my heart the best. They know my tendencies the best. They know my expectations the best, not because they're more important or more intelligent or better, but just purely from the, the standpoint that we've put a longer amount of time into building a relationship. So um, that seems to be a far more socially acceptable approach to saying you guys are all leaders, but I'm going to rely on the seniors to deliver more messages. I'm going to rely on the seniors to um, have the final say in in what we do or how we do it. And you guys can all have input and all be leaders and we can all learn from you. But these lead, these seniors are going to be a, a greater reflection of what the coaching staff wants or the leadership wants. And um, and And to be honest, you start to love those seniors. I mean... Um, your girls now, Phil, that we've, you know, we have at USF are, are girls that I, I feel like family, you know, they're, they are, we're emotionally attached to them. And by the time they leave the end of four years, it's hard to let go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously it was tough for me to <laughs> one to college, you know, it's like yeah. well, my kids move on. I mean, they were my kids, you know, so it was, I, I <laughs> since they were little. So it was, uh, yeah, I, I understand the attachment. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, it's interesting, you know, I mean, as I speak to different coaches, it's always interesting to hear, um, you know, their philosophy. I mean, I've talked to some coaches where, you know, they have one person as the captain and that's it. And they only have one captain and it's kind of like, you know, kind of, I don't know if I, I want to say an old school mentality, but that's their, the way they see it, you know, and they have one person that, um, that they communicate with that, is kind of a buffer between coaching staff and the team. And yeah. You know, and listen, that's easier. And I don't know what, I don't know what some people have on their plate and, and how difficult things are for different leaderships and, and coaches and teams. But you know, if I, when I've really, and now it's been years that I've been in the business, but I don't think it helps the individual at all. I, mm -hmm. I don't think that the, it's viewed very positive from their peers and the outcome, the overall outcome of of that responsibility and it's less effective and it doesn't it doesn't help the group um i don't know to the amount that that this approach that we've taken in the last six years i would say where um there isn't a captain we're not going to use that word you know and especially 
and I'm sure you have a lot of viewers that are youth coaches only, but I mean, you really don't want to give a 13 year old boy or girl this title. It's completely unfair. They're not emotionally intelligent enough. They, um, it's every parent thinks their child should be the leader on the team. So you've now alienated that kid against parents and players. So you haven't helped the kid. You, you barely help your team and individuals. And, and really the expectation on that kid is typically to say heads or tails before the game. And, and, you know, that's not a captain, that's a coin tosser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think in, um, when, you know, when I've coached a youth team, especially the one that I did for so long, my, uh, my girls team that I had for years, I always rotated it and um, many of them went on to college and became captains on their college teams. Yeah. I, I, I did sim- something similar to what, what you're doing, but I kind of had everyone share the responsibility of being a captain and a leader. So, you know, absolutely. We were- Even the English, English national team, I have Lucy Roberts on my team and she's such a sweet girl and so kind. She shares a lot of, of what England does with their U twenties, but um you know, when you're seeing it on the national level, I think, and obviously I, I do think we're a high level team as well. You can see that I, a lot of people are, are starting to realize that this one isolated one leader or small group of leaders really, it, it puts a ceiling and it limits what you can do and how you can lead. So um, for Lucy with England, they have like, you know, a leader of their defenders, a leader of their midfielders, a leader of their forwards. They have... Um, training leaders they have off the field leaders so basically they came up with a bunch of leadership roles and then they had their players in the national team apply they had to do an application for the role so they had to write out and fill out why they would be a good fit for the role how they would implement it and then they had to have an interview with the coach um, to basically get the job and so they have multiple leaders and these girls had to fight for that position. And I, I really liked that. I thought it was a great life experience for, for Lucy, um, kind of putting together this resume about her personality and her leadership qualities, and then having to defend that somewhat in a, a conversation with a national team coach was such a cool, ex- you know, such a cool opportunity. Yeah, no, that's, that's very cool. Um, so with, within your, within your team, you don't call them captains, but you have, it sounds like you have a, in the past few years, you, you have kind of like a leadership, almost like a committee or of your senior players. And yep. so do you meet with them a little bit more, uh, more often? Like what is their role and responsibilities uh, in that role? So absolutely. I mean, we do the group, um, especially in the spring, every Friday, we kind of have this leadership slash power woman Friday. So we take 30 minutes out of our week to focus on the group's leadership development. So we'll talk about body language or goal setting, um, you know, or mindset or, you know, a a number of leadership um, qualities that we feel like the group would benefit from. And we do like a fun exercise and develop it, or we bring in a power woman to kind of give them some tips on how to be successful when they leave the program. Um, But in the fall, we have less time. So we do that periodically on the road. We do it prior to games um, just to give them some leadership tools. But um, what we do is I'll meet with the whole senior group and talk about how much I, you know, I value them and care about them and, and what their leadership roles will be. But then with, if that's a big senior class, 
we definitely narrow it down to about three girls that they're comfortable with as a group that will meet with me more regularly than the full senior class. So I, I'll still meet with that class at least, you know, once every three weeks. But on a weekly basis, I would meet with a smaller group um, to help, you know, speed up the process of what what preseason book are we going to read? What values are we going to do? What uniforms are we going to wear? What do you want to do on the road? How do you want the locker room to feel and look for the team? You know, what are we going to do for the players when they don't travel? Like, what are what are some of the expectations you want? How are we going to wrap our arms around you know, 30 girls when only 16 players get into the game. So we want them to be a part of all those processes so that the journey is great for the whole group. I mean, we're not professionals. We're not getting paid that way. We're not, you know, we're not youth sports. We live together. So we're, you know, we're a unique um, group, these, these college teams. And I want my leadership and my seniors to have a say in what that season looks like for them. And once they buy in, um, the journey for them is just, it's, it's really, it's so fun, you know, they, and they've evolved so much. You just look at that senior class sitting in your office discussing maturely how they can make sure that freshmen are included or how, you know, the girls that aren't going to travel are so important to the team and, you know, what the locker room should look like and feel like and um, those kind of things. I mean, their maturity is just so awesome to witness. Um, compared to when they were freshmen and some of them barely spoke, you know, <laughs> unless they were spoken to or, you know, you just didn't know the depth of them as human beings and you're, you get to spend this time with them really getting to know them. So, yeah, it's again, it's a wonderful experience on all ends taking the time to do that. Awesome. No, that's, that's great. And I think it's great for our listeners to hear all this, um, you know, as we have, um, I think we have a lot of coaches, directors of coaching and um, college coaches as well, and parents and players listening yeah. to the podcast. So I think it's great for, um, you know, just to educate everyone on how other coaches do it, you know, and, and I think it's great to, to hear, you know, just the variety of ways that, um, you know, we can manage our, our, our manage and develop our leaders. So I think your feedback's been awesome. I have two other questions. It's not related to, uh, uh, to leadership, but uh, I wanted to ask you, I, I noticed that you've taken uh, a role with um, a new club with Florida Premier. I just wanted to see how that's going. And um, it looks like that, that club's doing a lot of things. Uh, it, it seems. Oh my goodness. It's been so fun. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize I would enjoy it as much as I am. I mean, I loved my role at TBU. I had, I got to coach my daughter and develop this amazing 05 team. We called them the awesome 05s. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved watching, you know, being able to take a youth group and, and develop them. That was very fun to watch them grasp onto new tools and stuff. So that was great. But, um, yeah, Florida Premier has been just an amazing experience. The, the leadership there is so incredible um it, it just matches kind of how my heart and feel for leadership is at usf he it, it's two twins novi and bojo and they they care so much about chemistry of the coaching group and the and the club in general they talk they talk very often about don't gossip about each other don't don't talk about other coaches um always always help somebody whether it's your role or not when you see other coaches at the field say hello like I just I don't know any other directors that take the time to visit those kind of topics as much as 
um, the twins do for Florida Premier. So they've created this truly kind of um, family working environment for club soccer that I, I think is not experienced very often. And they really, really care about people there. They, um, when they met with Chris and I about coming on board, we talked about having twins and they're still playing and we're the college coaches. And they were like, we just want to work with you. Like, let's just talk about, you know, what you bring to the table and why we want you here and, and how we can work with you. And we really care about your family. And we just think you're, I mean, they said so many great things about us. It was impossible to not want to work for them. And then, um, since then, they just, they seem to really care about all the input, not just from us, but from the other coaches. So when we have directors meetings and we talk about things, they really um, stop and listen to what everybody has to say and um, even give, give every kind of um, comment some weight. I'm not saying they listen to everybody and do everything they say, but they, they have the emotional intelligence to, to care enough to hear what everybody has to say and give it some merit. And then when it when it is applicable or the best option to apply, they apply it. So um, they just, they have a great leadership approach that matches um, Chris and I, and we've just been enjoying it, but I've gotten to do like um, a lot of the tactical periodization for the group. And I really, really love that stuff. I've gotten to hire coaches and, um, you know, meet with them and, and be sort of a, a mentor and an evaluator um, for these coaches. I, I get to kind of help with some of the processes with the club, the, the best practices for parents, procedures, um, you know, practice structure, season structure, uh, that those kind of things that are just, you know, they're so impactful in all these kids' lives and these parents' lives and that you, you know, you, you really have a lot of joy after you see the fruits of it um, coming into action. So, I'm really grateful for Florida Premier to give me the opportunity because I don't think it's something I would have done if uh, if the twins weren't such great people. Well, I think uh, for any organization to get you and Chris and uh, I, I know I know a few other people they uh, that club was able to to add to their coaching staff that I think are uh, first class. So, uh, but obviously, that's a. The, the club just became better by adding you and Chris. So I think that's great that, uh, that they were able to get you. And, you know, some of the points you, you made there, um, it just seems like, you know, and I don't think there's enough of that in youth soccer. And I think we could do better, uh, you know, in, in the whole soccer community and different clubs can learn from what you just said. And I, I think, you know, people feeling included, valued, um, and, um, and wanted, I think um, creates a healthy culture and cared for, you know, when people yeah. feel cared for, it just creates a good, healthy culture. And, you know, I, I, I hate the situations where you're within the same club as someone or, or, you know, this happens at different universities where there's a men's and women's program and, you know, like they want to see each other fail, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we spoke about it recently, but my university is, closing its doors they're shutting down the campus in 2021 and you know one of the things that kept me there for nine years was how healthy the environment was so like our women's coach like me and him are great friends my yeah. the basketball coaches were all friends and we all support each other and just we always wanted to see each other do well and it was fun to be a part of that and sad that it's ending but i'm glad it is to go to work every day 
and look forward to seeing yes. the coaches at the field. I mean, it doesn't feel like work because we're getting to be outside in this beautiful weather and and implement things that will change kids' lives and and and, and give them joy. And when you get to show up the field and there's just that, I mean, I, you know, Phil, I'm a I'm a Christian. I love to talk about Jesus, but there is a difference when you you show up at that field and you just kind of feel that that Holy Spirit um, presence of of positivity and love and joy. Um, you want, you want to be there and you show up every time and it, you can, you can take a hard work day and show up at that field and feel so much better. And I would say that Florida premier right now, they really have that, that great, that great presence, um, that you want to work for those people. So, you know, I really, uh, appreciate that you, you brought that up. Well, now that you brought something up, I'm going to ask you another question. <laughs> um, um, I just have to ask it now. And if, if you don't like it delete it but um um how how is your how has your faith played a role in in your coaching wow it's so it's so challenging sometimes because um i'm at a secular university obviously we love everybody that's kind of the the goal at usf it isn't about being a christian to attend usf it's it's public so um there's a challenge there because you you can't you know, you can't force anybody to pray or see things your way. But um, I feel like God put me in that position because I love to discuss other people's beliefs. As long as you're like open and loving to whatever somebody's belief is, if they, you know, even if they're an atheist or, you know, they believe in Taoism, like praying to the good auras of trees, you know what I mean? Like if you, have interest in in what they are interested in and you can meet them in the middle to just find um where you can care about each other and it's okay to disagree and it's okay to live your life the way you choose to live it um and and god in the bible tells us not to judge that's that's not what we're called to do like we're not you know i love that one bible verse that was like um you know, don't try to take the plank out of your neighbor's or don't try to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye when there's a plank in your own eye. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm the I'm a disgusting sinner and I make mistakes like every day. So I don't think that I'm better because I know the love of Jesus. And I don't think that I'm um, a stronger person because I'm a Christian. I just I I hope that I can be a good example and that God uses me at, at times to, to lead other people to find that kind of love and um, spiritual bliss that you can only get from, from prayer and knowing Jesus. So I would say that the weeks that I pray, Phil, if I get up in the morning and I, I crack the Bible or I just ask God to be with me are really good days, meetings, days. And when I don't do it, which is far too often for somebody calling themselves a Christian, the days just aren't, aren't as, uh, aren't as blessed or aren't as sweet. So, I mean, my, my faith is always tested that, that way. And God always comes through every time I live my life in prayer and asking for help because of my, you know, pathetic kind of, um, you know, sins, then I, I get the help that I need and it becomes amazing. So I would just say that, it's not easy, but it's way easier when I ask God for help. 
Yeah, no, I, amen. <laughs> amen. I, I, you just I, got I, me on like my Christian soapbox. Uh, so that was your fault. <laughs> that was awesome. No, that was awesome. And, you know, for me, um, I would say, you know, obviously coaching, you know, a life of a coach is a journey. You, you develop and you grow, uh, you know, as, as you mature. And I think the same with um, any faith walk. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a Christian and, you know, but I, I, I think very much like you in that sense where, you know, um, I have friends of all faiths, political backgrounds, everything. So, you know, I don't, I don't judge anyone. And, uh, yeah. but, but um, I would say for me, you know, there's, there's times when I've been able to pray um, whether it's before a big game and I've been able to find a sense of peace in moments or maybe in the past I may have panicked Yeah, to find peace and having that peace gives me a clearer mind to make better decisions. So that's been cool as I've grown. And then the other thing I would say is obviously as uh, my university just closed its doors and oh. out of a job, um, you know, this is the first, I, I didn't pan, I'm not panicked. I'm not worried. I'm just, I have so much faith that God will provide. Been- oh, I, be- I believe that for you too. And I mean, your listeners, you probably, they don't get to hear about you and how amazing you are, but I have never met somebody that works as hard as you do. I really haven't. And I feel like I've been in this career a long time. I mean, if there's somebody that is going to, it doesn't matter what you do, Phil, you are, you are going to find success because I just don't think you stop until you find it. I don't think you will ever be unsuccessful. God just didn't build you that way. So I I don't have a fear for you either. (laughs) Well, you know what? Amen. Uh, pray on that. You pray on that too. But okay. And now I need God to open the right door. I need someone to give me the right opportunity. I'm confident I'm going to kill it, but I just need the chance. So yeah, so you're, right. you're right. You're right. But I'm not giving up on soccer. That I can tell you. Uh, I'm I'm going for it no matter what. So I love this and uh, good. I believe uh, I'm meant to. I'm meant to be a coach. So my my last question, um, and this is um, just you know obviously the climate of what's going on with COVID and everything and Obviously, it's crazy times, but um, what are your thoughts on the upcoming college season and will there even be one? You know, everybody is asking that and it's it's just not an easy question because we all want a season and we're all working towards it. The athletic directors are, um, you know, the 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 conferences are it's it's not fair to say one way or the other because everybody's working so hard. So to, to give you my opinion would be kind of a slap in the face to the people that are like working hard or it would give you false hope because I don't know if it's happening, you know, but I can tell you that it evolves every single day. It went from, you know, we were going to start August 3rd. Now we're starting September 1st. It went that internationals could not come into the country unless they had um, an in-person class to make a concession for that. So internationals can now come and they can be online. So that, which means they can still play in their seasons. Um, it, it evolves every single day. I have a, a weekly phone call with the conference coaches and my athletic director and an all staff every week. And there is a change every week, but if it doesn't come off, then there's going to be a reason for that. And, and the players are going to get something out of it where, you know, everybody cares about these kids and about these college athletes and making sure that they get, um, you know, a good experience that, that they've earned. So I, I worry about some of the girls this season and, and how disappointed they will be if something doesn't 
happen the way that they were hoping for. But I, I believe the NCAA and the individual colleges um, care about what happens to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Denise, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I always enjoy it. And thank you so much for being on my podcast. And uh, <laughs> we're going to do we're going to do one on um, on team culture at some point. So maybe I'd love to have you back for that one, because I know you're you do some cool stuff with your team. So but thank okay. you. And come up to Tampa soon. Come see us. Awesome. We'll do. All thank right. You. Thanks, Phil. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soccer Phil Show. This is part one of a three-part series titled Leadership. Check us out next week as I interview another Division I head coach, but this time on the men's side, offering a different perspective. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify. Also, you can follow me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, stay safe and God bless.